And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into a fantasy football playoff Monday here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 14 transitioning into week 15 so indeed if your playoffs have started we hope that you have moved along if you need something in Ravens and Browns tonight we have our fingers crossed that you will end up getting that tonight we are going to talk about everything we saw in week 14 and what we can take forward with us into the rest of the fantasy playoffs I'm Michael Beller joined by Jake Seeley Jake what's going on how are your uh, fantasy football playoffs shaping up after the first week <laughs> you asked me before the show. I still don't, I, I, I don't know, but I want the people to hear. The people need to hear this too. <laughs> I, uh, people to hear that I didn't check. The only thing I was checking was the flex playoffs to see if people like you advanced. No, that's um, a lot of. I had a lot of buys, so the ones that I didn't, I just legitimately have been so busy. I, I you asked me, and I was like, oh my god, I actually haven't checked. <laughs> I can well, check live on the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll update us a little later in the show. I did advance in that flex league, so go me. Very excited to move on to the semifinals. There, Brandon Funston. All also here, Brandon, I know it's been a rough year for you in the fantasy world. We've talked about that, but any playoff uh, happenings for you here in Week 14? I got one team still alive out of two. I was I had just two teams alive this week, and one of them looks like they're going to go down. So uh, one team still alive. I have a couple good uh, one-and-done leagues that are still I'm still vying for some uh, respectability in. So with those leagues where you choose the guy one time for the year, you do the lineup. So a couple of those that I'm doing good in. That's, uh, yeah, it's a forgettable year, though. No <laughs> it's true for a lot of reasons right uh, here in 2020, yeah. but uh, we are are hoping that you guys are doing uh you know maybe a little bit better than brandon as we're listening to the athletic fantasy so, football podcast here yep i'm What's doing up, okay Let's hear it. i'm doing okay and everything the only one i need i just need 11.2 points from nick chubb tonight oh okay oh it's a it's That's a guarantee a jake oh, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll advance in everything so there you go well, the only I mean, game he doesn't have 11.2 points in is the one where he got hurt and he still got to like six points in that game yeah so see if it was me i'd be telling it. you guys to shut up if you just said it was an automatic because i i am very superstitious about that kind of stuff i know well that's what i said you Not, just jinxed it thanks both of you uh, well actually in that flex league i need half a point combined out of baker mayfield and kareem hunt well, I think you, even <laughs> even superstition can't hold you back from that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's let's get into it. There was uh, there was a good amount of stuff from Week 14 that I want to talk about. And last week was such a success going through every game and hitting on things that mattered, things that didn't matter. That's what we're going to do again here, and really not a whole lot of waiver discussion to have anyway. So let's start with the place where we have to start. The player who we have to start with, Jalen Hurts, in that Saints Eagles game. Uh, man, this guy delivered in a way that uh, you would have drawn up if you would have tried to predict, uh, if you knew in advance Jalen Hurts is going to have a good fantasy game, a good real-life game, what's it going to look like? You probably would have said something along the lines of 167 yards and a touchdown through the air. You maybe wouldn't have given him the 106 on the ground that he got, but it would have been a heavy ground performance like we saw from Jalen Hurts. And now the question has to be, Jake, how much do you trust him for the remainder of the fantasy playoffs? The Eagles get Arizona in Arizona in Week 15, Dallas and Dallas in Week 16. Do you want to trot Jalen Hurts out there as a starter? Yeah, I had him, you know this, as a high-end QB, too, because of the rushing upside. I talked about it all week, saying the ups and the down of Jalen Hurts. You saw it in the same game, too. Came very close to having an interception. Actually, probably would have been a pick six, too, and swung the tide of that game. It's those kind of reads that he still needs to develop, but he's a rookie quarterback, and that's understandable. Also, somebody who needed to develop in the, you know, to begin with as a passer. So the passing side of things, you know, I expect a little bit better, maybe 200, a touchdown or two some games, uh, depending on who he's facing. But as I continue to say, is the Kyler Murray rushing upside. You just saw it. I didn't even expect 106 rushing yards. So if he's going to be running that much, this is now Lamar Jackson rushing, not even Kyler Murray rushing. So if, even if you said, all right, 
this is going to be his best running game going forward. You know, maybe you slot it in between Murray and Jackson. So I would say fringe QB one. He's going to be risky, even with a better schedule than the Saints, but he did it against the Saints. He looked capable. I'd say fringe QB one going forward. Yeah, you like the you like the Dallas matchup in Week 16 if you get there with Jalen Hurts. But yeah, I would say it's somewhere between Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson running style because he's a big guy, not the quickness of of Lamar Jackson, but he has size similar to Cam Newton. And uh, yeah, it was impressive. I was, you know, I thought the Saints defense was going to give him some heck in the in the passing game, and but to you know to just be game manager game manager and not have a turnover and throw a touchdown pass. Um, yeah, you got to feel very good about that because that's that's that was his toughest test he'd have this season. And that was my concern a little bit too, Brandon. It was like the biggest pass play came on a you know a, a, a rub route against uh, uh, Travis Fulgham where they slapped hands actually Rager and right. I don't know what that was about, but that was the biggest <laughs> pass play they had. Uh, on the other side of this game, uh, not a whole lot to take away. I think from the Saints, we expect at least one more start out of Taysom Hill as Drew Brees is trying to make his way back. And of course, Packers now the one seed, sitting with that one seed in the NFC. So important games for the Saints, and they get the Chiefs in Week 15. I think the biggest thing that maybe we take away is perhaps our Alvin Kamara concerns uh, that were legitimate have been eased after what we saw from him in this game. Eleven carries, fifty yards, and a touchdown. That's basically what Ben what he's doing with Taysom Hill, just with a touchdown also in there, but. But he was more active in the passing game than we've seen in any other Taysom Hill start. Seven catches, 10 targets, turned that into 44 yards. Brandon, I mean, obviously you were starting him no matter what, but you got to feel a little bit better, right, about Alvin Kamara going forward. Yeah, that was about the most Alvin Kamara-ish kind of game. And that was, you know, that's exactly what you expect to get from him in normal times, which is some decent rushing, you know, 50 yards and the rushing TD, but the seven catches for 44 yards is very... And I wonder if that was just a either a preconceived idea of them because of the Philly pressure that they generally put on that, that that this would be a game because you look at the previous three games, it was two Atlanta and one Denver. Those defenses aren't great. This is a legitimately good defense. And I wonder if they came into this game expecting to do this more, or if it was something in game that they decided to do, but either way, you know, I, I, I feel a lot better about Alvin Kamara. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say the schedule helps them. I wouldn't say watching that, a lot of it had to do, too, with the way that this game flow had been going and that the fact that they fell behind and they're playing catch-up. I'm not taking anything away from him because this is Alvin Kamara, so it feels like, who? what do we care at this point? You know, So he's not top five running back, so he's mm-hmm. even at worst case a fringe RB1, so like, who cares? Like you said, the biggest point about it, Mike, is that you're starting him no matter what, and that's really what it comes down to. So, you know, 33% of the targets in the first half, more in the second half. I mean, it still was a heavy workload in the first half to begin with. So either way, you know, it's Dalvin Kamara. Who cares? <laughs> one, 21 opportunities. Got to love seeing that, the 11 carries and the 10 targets. Let's move on over to Sunday night football, you guys. A great game between the Steelers and the Bills, at least in terms of the implications that were there. What a performance from the Bills offense in the second half to get that 26-15 to 15 win. Let's start, however, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I mean, this is too Bad performances in a row, two losses in a row, but also two really bad looking performances, especially from the offense. And you could actually extend this back. We haven't seen a great offensive game from this team in a while. And you look up and down the stat sheet, Roethlisberger, Connor, uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I mean, at least Juju got in the end zone, but still just 55 yards on six catches. I mean, what are we thinking about this offense, Brandon? Are we worried about what they are going to produce over these last two weeks? Well, Cincinnati cures a lot of what ails you, and they get Cincinnati next. So that'll be nice for them. But I think what what the problem is, is I mentioned this before, they can't run the football, and that was evident with James Conner. I mean, what did he have, less than 20 yards on 10 yep, carries? 18 yards. Yeah, and, and then now I'm starting to see – it didn't wasn't as noticeable early in the year, but I'm starting to see Ben Roethlisberger sort of go in the way of of like final years Peyton Manning, where he's just completely lost his fastball, and he's you know in this game he averaged like five yards per attempt, but it's been a lot more dink and dunk, and they've lost the ability to go vertical. Uh, you're just not seeing it. So right now the you know the offensive scope has been narrowed and they're just trying to be a dink and dunk team and uh, that's become pretty easy for defenses to sort of uh, cue on and so like I said maybe Cincinnati helps them kind of untrack but um, I don't think those problems go away when you get to Indy in week 16 so we'll see. Yeah the, the biggest thing here too is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the worst in the league or yards before contact 2.0 
since week nine, it's one point four. It, it, that's they have zero run game, and that's why I say before contact because it doesn't matter who's back there with Benny Snell, James Conner in and out. It doesn't matter, and James Conner doesn't look good either. It's, there's no cohesiveness to this run game, and by doing that, you're hurting the entire team because there's no balance. And Ben Roethlisberger has been passing a lot, but we know that what we've talked about too is saying he's kind of turned some of the passing game into a pseudo run game with Judas Smith-Schuster and Claypool getting these two-yard passes and stuff like that so I think Ben Roethlisberger I forget who reported it but I saw this yesterday morning on Sunday and I saw somebody say that they still think the hip or something was nagging him or the knee something was still nagging him a little bit and I actually moved him down two spots after I saw that report because you see him out there he doesn't look like Ben Roethlisberger even at the beginning of the season Ben Roethlisberger was like all right it's fine he's seven yards per attempt but you know he's throwing it so much and he looks okay doing so it's just he's just seems to be a broken player at this point it's understandable with how many shots he's taken over his career I guess I've got a few of these types of questions sprinkled in throughout the show there's not going to be something that we can take from every week 14 game and apply it right to week 15 or week 16 the rest of the fantasy playoffs and I think that's true about these Buffalo Bills a team that we know quite a bit about at this point of the season so I want to ask you this let's look forward to 2021 Josh Allen obviously having a breakout season he's probably going to get some MVP votes even though he's not going to be anywhere near winning the award uh where does he go in 2021 drafts Jake Josh Allen Josh Allen uh, probably among quarterbacks, top. you know, don't you know, not 60th overall or 80th overall or whatever. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to go among with quarterbacks that. where you got him. I'm just trying to think. Uh, of the, that's what I was trying to count through the, the same, top. right? About the same, five or six. That's what I was going to say. say. Yes, yeah, it's, it's five yeah. or six. I don't think it's much different than it was this year because you're still going to have Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes in front of them. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can be in the conversation. Russell Wilson will be ahead of him. Deshaun Watson will be in the conversation, and then Lamar Jackson Lamar. maybe as a bounce back in the conversation, but it's five or six. You're not putting anybody else in front of that Herbert, even with, you know, we've seen the downside of Herbert now that the league has adjusted to him. I mean, who else are you going to put up there? Yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was, if anything, it would be higher than that. I don't think he would be any lower than what he was this year with everything we've seen from him and from that offense and the perfect fit of Stefan. Well, Diggs and that's there, the thing so. is as great as he's playing this year, he's still QB five and yeah. in both overall and fantasy mm-hmm. points per game. So even with all that, that's in front of Deshaun Watson. That's in front of Lamar Jackson in his down year. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Very fair. And we're going to have a few more of those. But let's move on to Vikings and Buccaneers. A, a, a not exactly convincing win for the Buccaneers. And I want to start with them here. Uh, Brandon, I mean, are you worried about the Tampa Bay passing game? It seemed like Tom Brady was uh, getting things cooking a little bit early. Uh, he hit that big play to Scotty Miller. He also missed one on, with Scotty Miller early in the game. He missed a wide-open Chris Godwin on that same play. Just Ugh. not a whole lot from this entire passing game, even though they were able to keep Minnesota at arm's distance. Thank you, Dan Bailey. I know you were enjoying that, Jake. Uh, I mean, are, are we worried about everyone involved in this passing game over the next couple of weeks? A little bit. I mean, I, I every time I watch Tom Brady, I come away just kind of like there's those plays like the miss to Godwin where you just are frustrated. Like, yeah. oh, it's it's there for the taking, but you, you know, it leaves a decent amount on the table seemingly every week. But you have plenty of of good weeks as well. And um, yeah, I think I think that's just kind of going to come with the territory now. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady aren't a great match, and Michael Salfino talked about this in the scouting review that you just did. Is there's you know if they don't go deep into the playoffs, there's some there's some time probably likely divorce coming because their styles just don't mesh great. And I, I almost think at Tom Brady's point in this in his career now with these guys that there probably is an overhaul of the offense to kind of better get into his wheelhouse. Um, but that's not going to happen this year. So I think just what you're going to have to expect is there's going to be some inconsistencies. Overall, the value's been good. But from week to week, if there's that kind of a roller coaster ride, it's a little bit of a worry when you're now into your fantasy play. All right, Brandon's got that covered for what it's worth. Uh, we have at Atlanta and at Detroit for Tampa's remaining two fantasy relevant games. So at least put a couple of soft landing spots for this team. On the other side, you know, we know mostly what Minnesota's offense is it's Dalvin Cook, it's Adam Thielen, it's Justin Jefferson, but Irv Smith. Showed up in this game. Uh, you know, obviously, it has to be mentioned that Kyle Rudolph was out, but Irv Smith looked good. Four catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. We know the state of the tight end position. Jake, is this someone who you could grab, plug in, and ride in Week 15 and 16? Bears in Week 15 at Saints in Week 16. 
Interesting enough, the Bears are somewhat susceptible to tight ends, which is good for this. But it's tight end. If you want to chase anybody, go right ahead. You know, Jared Cook was nothing, and Jared Cook is showing back up two weeks with Taysom Hill at quarterback because it's tight end. After the top five, six, seven guys, you're just chasing. Like even Evan Ingram's disappeared again. So mm-hmm. go for whoever you want to watch. Uh, if you want to chase Irv Smith with no Kyle Rudolph, but you know, Kyle Rudolph might return, and if he is, just throw this out the window completely. Uh, but you know, if you want to chase other options, and he. He's not out there. Logan Thomas against Seattle get you know this week. Although Seattle's playing better on defense, but just go chase who you want. Play the matchups, and if you find somebody that's hot, try to ride it. And if not, just move on. Uh, if you're playing those kind of options, I will say this too: if you're playing those kind of options, don't waste your time carrying two. Like I would never carry Logan Thomas and Irv Smith. I would just pick right. one and use the other spot on a running back or a wide receiver. All right. Well, you know who is running hot right now? It's T.Y. Hilton, and the Colts put up 44 points. On the Raiders to keep pace with the Titans, both of those teams sitting at 9-4 and four atop the AFC South. A huge game out of T.Y. Hilton, Jake. Five catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. He now has four touchdowns in his last three games. He also went over 100 yards in one of those games. I mean, this is the T.Y. Hilton we're used to seeing, and we didn't see it for much of the year, but we are finally seeing it now. Where are we at on him going into these last two weeks of the playoffs? Is he someone who is default into your lineups? Yeah, because look who he gets this week, too. Houston, after just torching Houston again, which everybody play the narrative of all he does is go off against Houston. But it's part of it. it has They have a terrible pass defense. So, <laughs> you know, I think at home, on the track, you know, against you, oh, Houston's indoors anyway. But, you know, the, the good thing about it, of what we talked about, is they're using him some more on shorter routes and over the middle of the field. So not only is that working, but he's hitting the big plays too because now he's not one-dimensional like he used to be. So earlier this year, I should say. And so you're seeing a more nuanced T.Y. Hilton, which is being able to use the speed that he has left, which is still pretty good. So I think T.Y. Hilton, I had him, I think I was one of the highest and I still only had him like 29 or 30 or something like that because you're still hesitant over Phillip Rivers. That's more of my concern than anything because you keep hearing these reports about his toe and being able to push off. But at this point... I don't see how T.Y. Hill is not solidly inside your top 20 against Houston. Yeah, you went there too, Brandon, an easy start. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is you're, – you're waiting for the, you know, for the rug to get pulled out from underneath you, but you gotta, you got to have that happen with him in your lineup against Houston. Uh, you know, with the quarterbacks in this game were uh, pretty interesting to me too, uh, not only with what they've done uh, or what they did – in their matchup in week 14. But with what they've done to this point of the season, they've been relatively similar in terms of their production. Derek Carr threw for 316 yards, two touchdowns, was picked twice. Phillip Rivers, 244 yards and two touchdowns. This is, you know, not necessarily going to be a decision that many people have to make, but I think it gives people an idea of where these guys are in the quarterback landscape. So, Brandon, if you were looking at Rivers versus Carr for the rest of the season, Carr. who do you prefer and why? <laughs> yeah, well, so here's, yeah, you know I'm going Carr, but here's the deal. I mean, the volatility, you know, is higher with Carr. Philip Rivers, I mean, you look at in Yahoo scoring, Derek Carr has seven games of 20-plus points, and Phillip Rivers has three. But if you're looking for the guy who's consistently get you 17, that's been Phillip Rivers. Derek Carr's been way more up and down. So I, I think Jake says this a lot. Like, you look at your lineup, what do you need? Do you need upside or do you need safety? And and Rivers, I mean, these both have good matchups this week uh, with the Chargers for Carr and Houston for Rivers. Like, do you want the guy that's going to give you 250 to 270 and two? Or do you want the guy that could, you know, blow up, blow up for over 300 yards, maybe rush in a touchdown, do some do some stuff to really move the ceiling, and that's Derek Carr. I, I'd probably play it with Derek Carr. You same page in it there, Jake? Yeah, I think that's the best way to look at it, whether or not you need the ceiling or the floor. That's really what it comes down to, and this is a proof against this week. Uh, you know, nobody's expecting a rushing touchdown for Derek Carr, but top five right now. If you want to talk about ceilings and floors, by the way, Top five, right in front of him, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, yeah, everybody <laughs> expected two, three, four, and five this week as of going into Monday Night Football. Tua, Locke, Trubisky, Carr. I mean, what the friggin' hell? There you go. That's fantasy football right there. That, and we are going to honest, get to Mitch Trubisky yeah. in a second. What's up, Brandon? Oh, I was just going to say, anybody who wanted a victory lap on Jalen Hurts or whatever, saying that was like the streaming call or whatever, it's like, well, you know what? You were wrong because there was like four <laughs> other streamers that were better than that. Tua was the streaming call. I guess yeah, the yeah seriously. Jeez. Just a, such a, a crazy 
crazy quarterback week. Um, and let's get over to Falcons Chargers. Let's talk about that Chargers defense that's going to have to see uh, Derek Carr no, next week. This and game really didn't put up enough it. points. I know. I and that's I'm I'm surprised that it put up only 37 <laughs> points between these two teams combined. We were excited for this game from a fantasy perspective. You know, Todd Gurley has been someone who we've talked about being able to live on volume all season, and he's done it, right? I mean, you can't be upset with the production you've got out of Todd Gurley given what his ADP was, but he's gone totally silent since he missed that one game with a knee injury, right. outcarried again by Ito Smith. I mean, is, is he done, Jake? Is it, are, Can you not start him? You know, wait, wait let, me look, let me look at the show sheet here and see if you're bringing this one up. Yes, you are, of course. So <laughs> there's somebody that I was close to leaving for dead. Uh, similar usage, eight runs, eight runs, six runs, stuff like that. The difference is Todd Gurley's got a bad knee. Todd Gurley, since he's come back, is what you said. He's been sharing with Brian Hill and Eno Smith, and it's just been miserable. Who was also that being touchdown reliant before this. And we mentioned that several times. It's not like we were all in on Todd Gurley saying there was zero risk. How many times did we say the bottom is going to drop out? You can't keep scoring touchdowns like this. But we were okay because it's the Falcons offense. If he was still getting 16 to 18 touches, I'd say, you know what? We have to live with him as a top 25 running back. The problem is he's now getting 10, 10 touches, mm-hmm. if that. So, yeah, he's poor one out. We miss you, Todd Gurley. You had a great career, <laughs> but you're done. You don't. Yeah, don't have anything more to say. I was expecting uh, him to be done at some point mm-hmm. this year, and it's kind of playing uh, to the script here. All right, well, then what happened to Mike Williams here? I mean, he's gone totally silent, too, in the Chargers offense, and Uh, You know, we got Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen basically hogging every single thing in the Chargers offense, but we're we're getting some production out of the ancillary pieces, and Mike Williams just isn't there. We're not seeing a ton of deep shots from Justin Herbert. I mean, he's totally off the radar at this point. Doesn't he have to be, Brandon? Yeah, well, you talk about those deep shots in the first six games for Justin, or first eight games for Justin Herbert, he was averaging about six passes of 20 plus yards he did not have one um in in this game on sunday and he's only averaged about two over the last three weeks so yeah they've dialed back the deep shots i don't know why it could be mike williams's health he's you know he's i believe he's still kind of dealing with a hip injury and and stuff so that could be part of it uh could be part of defensive adjustments that we're seeing but uh for whatever reason the chargers are not throwing the ball deep like they were and that's certainly affecting mike williams right now now yeah just uh you know it's bizarre almost to see this in-season change while Justin Herbert is having success they've got the Raiders next week the Broncos the week after that so uh, a couple of division games for the Chargers remaining but right now it really does look like Herbert Eckler uh, Allen and Henry because of the tight end position and that's really all you can trust in this Chargers offense looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
All right, let's move on to Broncos and Panthers. Speaking of those Denver Broncos here, uh, Brad, I'm going to go back to you on this one. We saw a big game out of Drew Locke, as Jake just referenced, uh, one of the top quarterback performances so far in Week 14, four touchdowns for Drew Locke. You look at the schedule coming up, Buffalo and the Chargers, not necessarily the scariest schedule any quarterback's ever seen. Is there life for Drew Locke for the rest of this fantasy season? Uh, haven't we been here before? Yes, we um, have. Yeah, I <laughs> – and I've watched enough of Drew Locke to feel like I don't want to trust my fantasy playoffs on Drew Locke. And <laughs> there are, I'm hoping, better options. I mean, I would, I'm, I would take a Derek Carr or even a Philip Rivers, <laughs> or you know, I'm going as many different directions as I can than Drew Locke. Um, we know he has this kind of upside, but man, he talk about a peak and valley quarterback, and, and you know, the rug will definitely get pulled out from you at some point with Drew Locke. So. I, he's too scary for me. Uh, he's not in the realm of, of somebody I really want to trust in my final two weeks of the season. Yeah, totally no way fair. I keep think. going. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. We're gonna keep. We're gonna. You know, we're just gonna keep it rolling like that for the rest of the show. Jake, Philip Lindsay, you and me have been on Philip Lindsay really since the start of the season. It hasn't been a totally fair campaign to judge him on because of the injuries that he's had to deal with, but. You look at the usage for him compared with Melvin Gordon and the production, 11 carries, 24 yards for Lindsey, 13 carries, 68 yards for Gordon. Uh, Lindsey had two targets, caught them both for seven yards. Gordon had three targets, caught all three of them for 23 yards. I mean, is Philip Lindsey done as a viable fantasy starter for this season? For, he has been for 2020. You know, we were on him earlier this year. I think you and I both had talked about the concerns. And he, I mentioned this on last week's show and why I was so hesitantly because I hate buying into him. But why I was in on Melvin Gordon this week is just because he doesn't look right. He, coming back from injury, I don't think he's been 100% since he got hurt the first time. Like, keeps mm -hmm. trying to come back, keeps trying to play, keeps getting involved, getting banged up, leaving again, missing games again. I just I just think he's been banged up. I, you know, if we did the percentage things, he's like, maybe he's been playing at 70% all season. So 2021 was a late stash because Melvin Gordon's going to be back, and so you take him as a, you know what, I'll take him in the 14th round and back him up, similar to, you know, do with other running backs early in the season. Something happens to Melvin Gordon in the first few weeks, and if not, he's one of the first people you drop, but that's where he is now. He's kind of a backup option until you see him being healthy because the Broncos, this regime is doing the same thing the old regime's doing, and that's using him between the tackles consistently. Not that he can't handle it, but it still baffles to this day after you saw him as a rookie <laughs> and we know that he's elusive is why they don't want to use him in the passing game. Maybe there's something there that they know we don't. All right, one more question for you guys from this game. This should be either a one-word answer or a three-word answer. It's either yes and you're done or it's no, and then the next two words are the first and last name of a different player. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, it's been a lost season for him because of all the injuries. Brandon, is he still your number one overall pick next year? Yes. Jake? One hundred percent. I still got three words in there. <laughs> uh, yes, I am going to make that unanimous. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, definitely still a top draft boards for 2021. Let's move on to the footballs in the 49ers. A huge win for the Washington footballs, taking sole yeah. possession of first place in the NFC East. There you go. Six and seven. J.D. McKissick got himself, uh, what, 11 carries in this game was the Leader in terms of both carries and rushing yards. Uh, we always knew he was viable in full PPR formats, Jake, but is he now viable beyond that? Will you play him in half or non-PPR even? In half PPR, you still consider him as an RB3. If Antonio Gibson's back, he, st he stays there in non-PPR. Sure. He's, he's tough to use. But as long as Gibson's sideline, I thought we'd see even more Peyton Barber than that because we know this team does like him. I don't know what it is. He must be the nicest guy in the history of the world because <laughs> every team who has him likes Peyton Barber. They just like him. Uh, I don't know why. But, you know, J.D. McKissick, yes, definitely involved. And I, I tweeted this out yesterday, Mike, and I just want to say for everybody out there that was hating me after the Rams Thursday night performance for saying, how did you rank the Washington football defense in front of them? And I apologized. I take my apology back because the football team was the number one defense this week. Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> Touchdowns, Cameron Curl, Chase Young, just uh, man, that defense they can they can fire off against absolutely. I don't know if you anyone. heard, but Chase yes. Young is fast. I don't know, just in case you missed. I've that. heard, <laughs> I've, I've seen, and I have heard, and uh, very much so. So yes, get Chase Young, a speedy dude, and maybe you can still use them against Seattle. Potentially a preview of a first round playoff matchup. Uh, let's look at the running back on the other side of this game, Brandon Raheem Mostert. 14 carries for 65 yards. Jeff Wilson got 11 carries. Jeff Wilson got the short yardage touchdown here, too. I mean, this is now a couple of weeks in a row where we've seen Raheem Mostert healthy and the 
quote, leader of San Francisco's backfield, but having other guys mix in in a way that we just really hadn't seen uh, this season when Raheem Mostert has been healthy, where does he sit for you on the rest of season radar? Uh, I think he's a he'll be a solid RB two, especially given the matchups at Dallas, at Arizona. Those aren't scary matchups for me. I'm just more look at we never expected Raheem Mostert to get to twenty touches, you know. But if he's sitting in the mid teens, I feel decent about him uh, pretty much all the time, especially in good matchups like he has upcoming. His yardage is, he's been sort of Raheem Mostert-ish, other than the fact that he hasn't gotten into the end zone a whole lot and Jeff Wilson sealing some goal line love. But but Mostert's been able to score from beyond just the goal line in the past and I expect in some better matchups we'll see him find the end zone again so I feel good about him in kind of that 15 to 20 range over the final two weeks at the running back position oh no, I don't feel yeah. good at all yeah I yeah keep, keep 20, going on that in a 20, no, 20 to 30 range yesterday get the Jeff Wilson usage just you can't, I, I can't get away from it Shannon is doing this to us again and whether he's falling in love with Jeff Wilson or whatever it is but the biggest problem I have Brandon is you know this I'm a Mostert guy with you the biggest problem I have is it's not just the split is if you're going to give Wilson the valuable goal line carries I'm done like Mostert arguably should be behind Jeff Wilson at this point that's two weeks in a row, too, where Jeff Wilson's been the That's primary why. guy once they get inside the five-yard line. Because they're not going to use yeah. Mostert in the passing game, so I need those touches in there. And if he's not going to get those, if he's not even going to be on the field, then I just I can't trust. I would love to be with you on this, Brandon. You know I like Mostert, but I just can't at this point. Yeah, I'll still I'll still rank him top twenty, and I I feel good. I have a I have a good feeling about him for the final. But maybe I think what the point is here is that I should have Wilson inside my top thirty. Um, cause that, I, I just think San Francisco is going to have a couple of really good running days, uh, the next couple weeks. All right, guys, let's move on over to the Packers and the Lions here. Packers get a 31, 24 <laughs> win and clinch the <laughs> NFC North and take over the top spot in the NFC. They uh, had to give up that big kick return at the end of the game, which set the Lions up for uh, a field goal to make it a seven-point game instead of a 10-point game and kill my seven-and-a-half-point spread bet on the Packers. So thanks for that special teams play, Green Bay. Let's look at DeAndre Swift here, you guys. We weren't exactly sure what to expect going into this game for DeAndre Swift. And I think if we're being re realistic, then all things considered, so long as you won your Week 14 matchup, you feel pretty decent about what DeAndre Swift showed in this game because he led the team and carries seven. Uh, he got five targets, caught four of them for 26 yards. He got a short yardage touchdown. You knew it wasn't going to be a 20-touch game for DeAndre Swift. That was just unrealistic given how these last few weeks have gone for him. But now, in our latest check-in on our feelings on DeAndre Swift, Brandon, got to feel pretty good about him going forward. I mean, it feels like a guy who should be plugged into your starting lineup really without a second thought. Yeah, I think so. And I think we'll we'll see that volume, you know, progress in the final few weeks of the season. And this was kind of just a, the guy hadn't played. And, you know, there was all kinds of weird reports about how he'd been feeling post-concussion. And this is a win, absolutely. You get the touchdown. You get serviceable production. Uh, now, you know, now you get another good matchup. And... Uh, presumably you know double digit carries in in his usual run in the past game and i think you're you're right back to feeling like he's a solid rb2 again yeah you're maybe not loving week 16 if you get there against tampa but next week at tennessee you got to feel pretty good about deandre swift green yeah. bay another off oh good yeah go ahead jake no i was just gonna say i think i feel less okay if chase daniels at quarterback Okay, mm. yeah, that's fair. We should mention that Matthew yep. Stafford left that game late after a, a crunching hit where he almost sort of like folded over uh, and didn't play the last, what, one possession, two possessions of that game for Detroit. So that is definitely something to keep your eye on this week. Hopefully Matthew Stafford is good to go for those last two games. Um, Green Bay side, again, we know we know what this offense is, right? And Aaron Rodgers might be a guy. We've talked about Josh Allen getting MVP votes. Aaron Rodgers might be the MVP and definitely deserves to be up there with Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams. What a season he is having. Go back to 2021 on this one. Uh, Jake, where's Devontae Adams going for you in 2021 drafts? He's first round next year, and he'll 
arguably he was the number one wide receiver candidate this year, but it was hard to ignore Michael Thomas from last year. And obviously Michael Thomas this season has gone sideways for multiple reasons, injuries to Carr or to Carr to Drew Brees. Yeah. Put Carr on there. Maybe he'd actually be better. Uh, <laughs> Drew Brees, yeah, right. Taysom Hill himself. He's been in and out. Then you know, it's just been a mess of a season. So Adams will be the number one next year. Um, if you want to take Thomas after that as an argument to bounce back, that's certainly viable. But yeah, that's, that's not the one I thought you were going to ask me about. Well, let me let me, let me ask you. <laughs> well, this wait, wait, wait a minute! You're gonna take Michael Thomas over Tyreek Hill? I wouldn't. I mean, no, no, no. I said you could put um, him in the conversation. I didn't say I would take him. I'm just saying I put him in the conversation okay. behind him for a bounce back if you want. I didn't list everybody yeah, I was gonna take. take <laughs> Brandon, how high are you taking him? Just period. I mean, how who, uh, what I, running backs are you taking before Devontae Adams comes into your mind? Uh, McCaffrey, probably Dalvin Cook, probably. Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara, and so I'm kind of settling in at about number five on Devontae Adams, and I yeah. think you know no Saquon coming deep. back from injury again. Oh god, I forgot about Saquon, but probably not. I mean, I don't know. It's that's, put it this way: I'll take we'll Saquon, see. but I I'm not gonna. That's if you want to go Adams, I will never for a second say you're wrong. Yeah, I, and 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 then we have to talk about Ezekiel Elliott too because uh, this is kind Dak, of a waste year for him. Yeah. With, with Dak, Dak back, is a, yeah, yeah, with and without Dak are two. Totally but I think different. you know you're talking five, six range, right in the middle of that first right. round, and, and I would put Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, and I guess Mike. I, I don't know where I'm at. We well, almost Thomas, just kind of made I, a first round right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Jake, what did you think I was going to ask you about? I was going to ask about the person who didn't deserve to be there this year and doesn't deserve to be there next year because his at the end of the year stats look so much better than the game to game. You know who I hate. Ronald Jones, the Amari Cooper of running backs, guys. This is like, again, <laughs> against Detroit. This was supposed to be a layup. And it's not Aaron Jones for everybody out there. I, I don't know how many times I have to say this. It's not Aaron Jones. I love Aaron Jones. I love his talent. I love his per-touch efficiency. This team refuses to use him as a bell cow. He has not topped 18 attempts this entire year. He has a 40-point game, a 20-point game almost another 20-point game, and then everything's 11-12 with some single digits mixed in there because it's the it's the Packers. I hate the Packers. I love Aaron Jones. 15 carries for 69 yards in this game, and just churning him out, too. A long of 11, and he still gave you 69 yards on 15 yeah. carries. Jamal so Williams got 10 carries. Yeah, I know. Chunk play after chunk play after chunk play for Aaron Jones. And we, what we have come used to seeing from him. So hopefully they give him a little bit of run in these games against Carolina and Tennessee uh, in these next couple of weeks. Let's get over to Cardinals and Giants here, you guys. Kyler Murray. <laughs> Let's go. 13 carries. Continue. Move on. No, I'm, no, I'm talking. Right, well, screw you, Jake. Well, it's me and Brandon will talk about this. Kyler Murray, 13 carries for 47 yards. Right. What were we concerned about with Kyler Murray over the previous three games? 15 carries total. The 47 yards, you know, not exactly what we, he was getting before the shoulder injury, but you love to see the 13 carries. So the question here, you know what? I'm going to make answer it, Jake. No, Are we no. back in on Kyler Murray? Just full throttle. No doubt about it. Kyler Murray, go, go, go. No, I was hoping you would actually ask me this for real. You know, I'm kidding because I knew this was good. I told you this was going to happen with the stupid Giants is that they were going to get themselves <laughs> into a quote-unquote playoff mix and then do exactly what they did. They're all the way back down to the 10th pick now. But in any case... Watching that entire game, uh, and mostly also because I was curious about Daniel Jones, who looks broken. Like, he didn't even want to yeah. run. Uh, but that's mm -hmm. the comparison. Kyler Murray wanted to. He was aggressive with running. He was taking off, and he wasn't afraid. He did the smart thing and not taking hits when he didn't need to. But when there was an opening to run, he took off. This is what I wanted to see. This is what I was super happy to see. Kyler Murray getting 13 rushes. I know he's finished right now. as like a QB 9, 10, 11 on the list. But again... We're not including Locke and Trubisky and Derek Carr over Kyler Murray any given week. You're not doing that. So Kyler Murray is back near the top five in discussion for me. All uh, right, Brandon, on the other side of this game, uh, Jake mentioned Daniel Jones looking broken, and we know what happens when a quarterback can't get anything done. We've really seen that all season for these New York Giants. Are you starting any Giant who isn't Wayne Gallman going forward? Um. That's a good question. Probably not. I mean, I might, I might still get duped into thinking that there's a Sterling Shepard play in there somewhere along the way. I'm, I'm going to look at the schedule. What do, what do they have left? Cleveland, Cleveland next week, and then they're at Baltimore week 16. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably interested in Sterling Shepard in both of those, but I mean, it's uh, at this point, it's, no, it's Ingram, kind of a just crap for the tight end misery. Well, I mean, again, you've talked about that. It's like anybody who 
is a you know is a, it gets the kind of run that that mm-hmm. Evan Ingram you pretty much have gets. to start him. You, you kind of mm-hmm. have to start him because there's just not a whole lot better on the backside of that. Yeah, uh, right. Tied up unless, unless you've so. got like Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram, which is why you're holding on to Evan Ingram or like T.J. Hawkinson and Evan Ingram. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Starting. How early in the first round does he go next year? That's actually. Oh man, I mean that's a that's a great. He's got to be in there, right? Uh, I would think so at this point. I, he's already in the fringe. T- like, uh, I, yeah, first I round. talked about. I, Wait, 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 yeah, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Let me cut you off. Think about it. I want to get to, we'll talk about Chiefs Dolphins a little later. Okay. So keep that okay. in mind for when we get to Chiefs and Dolphins. Because we got to talk about another one of those top five quarterbacks here, guys. Mitch Trubisky, another huge <laughs> game against the Houston Texans. Since he's taken back over as the starter for the Bears, he has delivered two big fantasy games a couple of weeks ago against the Lions. And then this week against the Texans, goes for 267 yards. And three touchdowns, also added 23 yards on the ground. We've been talking about the Bears' schedule vis-a-vis David Montgomery and how friendly it is. Well, it's a pretty friendly schedule to Mitch Trubisky, too, at Minnesota and at Jacksonville the next two weeks. Jake, can you ride Mitch to a fantasy football championship? I don't want to do it. That's that's certainly. But he looked. if you're in the conversation, look, maybe you had Daniel Jones and you're going for the upside. That, I think that... The upside is there. We know he can finish top 10. We know he can finish top five, as he just did. We know what happens when it goes wrong. And I think that's what you have to live with. If you're going for that, I, I would play it. If you're going for the safe floor, some of the car situation we had before, we talked car versus rivers. If you want to go and just say, I just need a quarterback to get me 15 points and not kill me, you go with Philip Rivers. If your team is kind of limping through the playoffs and you're losing people by the week, yeah, sure. Go Mitchell Trubisky. We know look, his upside is undeniable. And I jokingly said this this morning with Shane Halam on, on Twitter is he's playing himself into a contract starting job next year. Go watch him play yes. for the, the Washington <laughs> football, whatever they're called next year. I, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the quarterback. Watch. <laughs> he, he really is with the way that he's uh, playing. I mean, you know, the Minnesota Jacksonville, the Bears could be, you know, potentially alive for that last this playoff was, berth. Oh, who was the if one for the, Minnesota? Who, who was the one for the Packers that threw five, Matt Flynn? This is Matt, Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn, yeah. Yeah. S- sorry, Brandon. It's a little bit it's a little better than Matt <laughs> Flynn. But still, it's a, it's a similar yeah. it's like a different branch of the same tree as what we saw uh from Matt Flynn uh, a couple of seasons ago. Uh Brandon, let's look at the other side of this game as I said, not really a, a big waiver week. If you really are having to dabble in waivers for potential starters, I guess Chad Hansen could pop on your radar seven catches for 56 yards in this game after the big game he had in week 13. Are you taking him seriously at all? Uh, I wouldn't be too excited about playing him against Indy, but there's a Cincinnati in the in the championship week. I don't know. I'm not I'm not super excited. I think there's serviceability to him just because in you know there's serviceability. Anybody who has Deshaun Watson as their quarterback and who's on the field a lot. So um, yeah, I'm interested in, in that respect. But uh, by the way, you know who Mitch Trubisky is? I just had a thought. He's Ryan Tannehill. He's going to go somewhere else and be a good quarterback for him after after burning out as a as a higher pedigree draft pick uh with his original team so i think uh if that were to, if that were to happen if he were to go to some other team and lead them to you know a championship game and then another division title the year after that you're gonna have a lot of people hanging out in bars in chicago very very sad <laughs> about the state of the quarterback position and what they so, gave up on but Mr. so Trubisky, business as, so business as usual in chicago business as usual basically <laughs> mitch trubisky uh, getting the job done the last couple of weeks and looking like someone who is a very viable fantasy starter for the remainder of the playoffs. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
All right, guys, just a handful of games left to get to here. I said we were going to get to Chiefs Dolphins in a second, so let's get to Chiefs Dolphins and let's pick that Travis Kelsey discussion back up. I mean, back end of the first round, uh, who's he ahead of? Like, what is he in that group of receivers? I mean, I think he's definitely after Adams, but is he then along with Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf? Is that where he ends up landing, Jake? So that's where he'll land. I've said this year after year. I won't do it just because he has to have this year. If he even has 2019, which 2019 was a great season. But if he has 2019 in the first round, you just take a hit at running back and wide receiver. So it does have to. And I will say that, look, the people who should do it are the knowledgeable, aggressive fantasy managers. If you're casual and you're going to sometimes forget to check waivers or you're going to miss the day or hear like whatever it is, don't do this because you have to be aggressive for running backs in this if you do this. So I will say you can certainly do it. I won't. I see the case for it every single year. But again, you have to have the 2020, 2018 Kelsey, even that slight drop off to 2019, and it kind of hurts your team. You know, here, here's my – I used to be absolutely no. Like when Gronk ever would take him in the first round, I hated it. Um, but I'm more into it now because I don't necessarily think that he – there is something nice about – yeah, you don't get two, you don't get 2020 Travis Kelsey. If you get 2019 Travis Kelsey, you get 97 catches, 1,200 yards, and five, and five TDs. If that's his floor, I'm kind of drafting him for that reason because I'm just thinking – uh, Julio Jones, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, uh, all these guys that were targeted kind of at the turn, so many of them just didn't give you what you hoped for. And I think with Travis Kelsey, there's a safer floor than a lot of the guys that might also be in consideration at the turn. So if I have picked 12 in a 12-team league and I get Travis Kelsey as one of my two takeaways at the turn, I'm actually feeling a lot better about that this this next year than I ever have been in the past. Unbelievable season that he's having. 90 catches, 1,250 yards, and nine touchdowns as a a tight end. Just an absolutely ridiculous season for Travis Kelsey. Uh, On the other side of this game, you know, the Dolphins uh, uh, scored maybe a little bit. um, Not suggestive of how this game really went. Chiefs sputtered a little bit early, but then ultimately had the Dolphins at arm's length for basically the entire second half. uh, Turned to 10 Nothing deficit into a 30-10 to 10 lead by the end of the third quarter. To a tongue of Iloa, though, as we said, 316 yards, a couple of touchdowns, also ran one in. And Dolphins are looking at a remaining schedule of Patriots at home next week, then in Vegas the week after that. Brandon, what's Tua's startability look like in the fantasy world over those two games? Uh, it's going to be – this was a you know kind of a unique game for him because they were buried, and we saw Tua do you know sort of garbage time uh, to get back into that game being competitive a bit, and we hadn't really seen that. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get that with the New England game or with the Las Vegas game. I like him better in, in a potential kind of like you know Derek Carr and the Vegas team you know, when they play good teams, they seem to step up their game. And so maybe that's a little bit of a shootout and you get some, I, I kind of like him in week 16. I have a feeling that Bill Belichick will have some ideas for what to do with this Miami offense and Tua, and I'm a little bit worried about him. So, well, it was good to see. And I feel, you know, I feel still decent about Tua's long-term viability. Um, I'm a little bit leery about him uh, this next week. All right, there is one more other guy to talk about on waivers, and it's from this game, so let's get one more quick hit on this one. Lynn Bowden, seven catches on nine targets for 82 yards. They tried him at, at, on some trick plays as well. Clearly, the Dolphins would like to get him involved over the remainder of the season. Also, some injuries for the Dolphins in this game. You had Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Gesicki all leaving. So, Jake, what's the interest level in Lynn Bowden, not just on waivers, but as a potential starter over the next couple of weeks? I think you could get him in there as an RB3. And a lot of sites now, I even have him at running back and wide receiver. Because this is, I was baffled when the Raiders just traded him away, but they kind of only gave up quickly. I don't know what the draft reason was, if that wasn't going to fit what you planned, but I don't know. I don't get it. On the flip side of it is, Bowden is dynamic in the fact that I think you could use him at both. They don't want to seemingly use him at all at running back and just want him out there running routes. So if he's going to be the slot option going forward. Let's just put it at that. He's a slot option. He's 5'11". Not very thick, but this is the dangerousness of him is that he's very elusive. He is a great slot wide receiver, but I keep saying slot wide receiver because we know the inconsistencies of slot wide receivers. When you're the third option, when you're not out there as much, when you're third possibly in targets any given game, uh, this is going to be 
a lot to do with Devontae Parker, too. Devontae Parker mm-hmm. misses significant time. I think you feel a lot better about it. If Parker's out there, it's Parker Gesicki, and then he's fighting with snaps with and targets for Jakeem Grant. All right, let's go on to Titans and Jaguars here. Jake, I'm coming back to you because your boy is back. Beowulf getting the uh, relief appearance (laughs) for Mike Glennon. We knew this was coming, right? This had to come eventually. Mike Glennon was eventually going to be Mike Glennon, and the Jaguars weren't going to be able to continue this charade of keeping Gardner Minshew on the bench. So we're we're assuming, right, we haven't heard anything official from (laughs) Doug Marone, but I feel comfortable assuming that when the uh, Jaguars take the field against the Ravens in Week 15, we're going to see Gardner Minshew out there as the starters. So is there a boost for all the Jaguars here, especially DJ Chark, who has had <laughs> targets but not a whole lot of production since Minshew's been out of the lineup? Uh, yes, I actually said this to Jeff Erickson yesterday. He's like, how if he was healthy this entire time, how are you starting the other people? And I said, it's they've been tanking. It just became so yeah. obvious <laughs> yeah. that they couldn't like – Oops, we were tank- like they got caught. They got caught, and that's why Minshew came in. Uh, look, if Minshew's starting, here's the bad news: they get Baltimore this week, so that's worrisome, especially for DJ Chark because the outside, of what I've mentioned many times this year and on this show, is you attack the Ravens in the slot, so doesn't help Chark as much. Though Minshew being at quarterback should help him. If you're watching that game too, when he came in, he still had some issues connecting with Chark. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with Chark as a whole because he's getting seven, eight, nine, ten targets. He's not connecting with any of the quarterbacks. Maybe partly it's him at this point. Maybe he's off on his routes or off on his timing with his quarterback. Or maybe it's the fact that he's been dealing with subpar quarterback play and different quarterbacks all the time and he just can't get consistency. I don't know. But you feel better about everybody involved. James Robinson, Keelan Cole, go down the list. Everybody's starting you feel better about with Minshew. The bad news, like I said, is unfortunately they had the ball more this week and, and then they wait that, don't they have chicago right after that they do have chicago in week 16 oh yeah you have it that. in the so, sheet there yeah so there you yeah, go so a couple a couple of tough matchups the nice thing for them is that uh you know because of that tie way back in what like week three between the Bengals and the eagles the the jaguars can afford one more win and still hold on to the second spot in the draft. I think they probably have to give up on any delusions of getting the first pick. Can't imagine that the no. Jets win a game here, but, uh, but that tell second you what, pick is looking like it will belong Char- to the Jets. Chark, Chenault, Colin Johnson, James Robinson, and Justin Fields next year. Ooh, I'm going to yeah. get myself some uh, Jaguars <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah, that could be very nice for sure. And look at you just giving up on your boy Gardner just like that. Uh, let's let's throw things over to the other side of this game. A 215-yard performance out of Derrick Henry. He is at 1,532 yards on the season. An outside shot at 2,000 yards. Maybe not even that outside. You look at the remaining schedule for Tennessee, Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston. Those are three nice defenses for Derrick Henry to play against. So, Brandon, yes or no, does he do it? 2,000 yards for Derrick Henry. Yeah, well, you guys were talking about Gardner Minshew. I was doing the math. He needs to average 156 rushing yards in the three games, which it's a long shot. But then you look at last year, week 17, in the first two weeks of the playoffs, he went 211, 182, and 195. This is Derrick Henry. This is Derrick Henry's season. And you couldn't ask for three better matchups to make it happen. And I also think, you know, you worried about like a week 17, if they're kind of the die is cast on their playoff spot, maybe they would rest him. But man, the AFC is tight right now. They're in a battle with Indy for that division. Um, I don't think that he's going to get a rest week. And so I would say the odds are slightly, uh, you know, favoring him not making it, but it's certainly right there on the table. And I would not be shocked at all if he does get there. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. I mean, if you were going to draw it up, as you said, those are three great opponents to be playing. And you like the fact that, you know, no real – dead offense is in there either. So uh, it's not like we would expect Tennessee to think maybe Detroit, but they're not going to run away from Green Bay. I mean, it's definitely a possibility here for Derrick Henry to get to a 2,000-yard season. Uh, Just a couple more games to talk about here. We're going to have to talk about Jets and Seahawks, the blah game of the week. I mean, just Seahawks doing exactly (laughs) what we expected in this one. I want to ask you guys, though, about Tyler Lockett for next season. We've talked about him a few times, and he's just been the ultimate boomer bust player this season. And if we're being honest, there's been way more bust than there has been boom since that 13, three touchdown, 200 yard game back in week seven. He has one touchdown, and his high yardage output is 67 yards in this game against the Jets. Five catches, 52 yards. I, where is he sitting, Brandon? When you look ahead to 2021, I mean, you, you, I feel like you can't take him as more than a wide receiver three because of this boomer bust nature that he has. 
Yeah, probably something in like the 25 to 30 range at wide receiver. I think you're just seeing that DK Metcalf is so incredibly talented and he's just matured. And Russell Wilson, it's like when you drop back, you're going to take your chances with DK Metcalf or, you know, Tyler Lockett. More often than not, DK Metcalf's just going to jump out at you. And I, I think we're seeing that, uh, you know, more and more. It's just that as DK Metcalf has matured, he's become the true number one. And Tyler Lockett is now the true number two. And uh, some weeks, you know, he's better than that. But, uh, for the long haul, it's going to be DK. And yeah, I'm with you. I think 25 to 30 right now without really kind of figuring it out mm-hmm. sounds about right. Uh, is that is that kind of where you're at with him too, Jake? I think he might even go lower. You got to remember, you're going to have rookies from this year playing in their second year, looking for breakouts, potential of the rookies in next year's draft. One or two of them land up in a nice situation. You know, injuries, other situations opening up. I'd say that's a fair spot, but I could see him going even Lower than that because, you know, well, it's going to be. I mean, he's one of those classic because I think he's wide receiver 11 right now, but we know that's all because of a couple spikes that have really, you know, kind of Aaron Jones to his overall, his overall numbers. But I don't know if you can go outside the top 30 with someone who actually put, I mean, this is not unlike what Amari Cooper used to do where he'd finish 11, right. but you would. Well, look, this is, look that's at why his. I never owned Amari Cooper. <laughs> but I mean, look, <laughs> I'm just also looking at this right now is the wide receivers outside the top 30 right now. You know, we don't necessarily expect Tim Patrick to bounce back or not repeat, I should say, but Cortland Sutton's going to take his place. And then, you you know, you could talk about Jerry Judy, who's even further behind him. You can make a case for them. You could say Jarvis Landry at 39. Uh, people could get back in on Christian Kirk if they want. I won't. DJ Chark is 42. Chris Godwin is 43. I mean, there's just, I'm just saying, there's names that are already outside the top 30 for this year alone that you could make the case for it. That's, that's my point. Yeah. Where's CD Lamb at? Uh, just out of curiosity, because if they get Dak Prescott back, 28. I mean, yeah, so it's a, another one who's right on that fringe. Um, all right, Jets. There's really nothing to talk about here. <laughs> uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I, I just want a, a quick prediction. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, before he tore his ACL put up just shy of 18 points per game. Does Trevor Lawrence do better or worse than that, Jake? I think he does better. Uh, like I'm 100% in on Trevor Lawrence as a prospect, and I don't think the Jets roster is as bad as people assume if everybody, like, that's a big if. But Crowder healthy, Perriman healthy, Mems in the second season, they will have a different running back, hopefully, than Frank Gore and something in that backfield. I think Lawrence could do better. I actually am with you on that. I like Denzel Mims an awful lot paired with mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. I actually think Trevor Lawrence is kind of a combo of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, so maybe the maybe the best of all of them. And, and yeah, I think he's... I agree. The Jets could make that situation look a lot better come the beginning of 2021. All right, guys. One more game. The true, absolute nothing game of Week 14. Cowboys and Bengals. The Cowboys cruise to a 30-7 to victory. I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, is there anything? Is there anything? You look at this game. You look up and down the stat sheet. You look at what everyone did. Do you take anything, <laughs> anything at all away from this game, Brandon? Um, you maybe start to think about, oh, what could, could Tony Pollard get a little bit more involved down the stretch in the final couple of games? You didn't list who they play in the, in the, in the final two weeks. Yeah, because who but, cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if you're in deeper <laughs> leagues and you're, you've been sitting on Pollard, I know I played him in, in a, in a league just cause it was like a 16 teamer and, uh, I plugged him in as a flex and it worked out pretty well for me. But I'm wondering if you're going to see a little bit more Tony Pollard run, no. run in the final no. two weeks. But yeah, I mean. If that's what your takeaway, uh, Travion Williams getting a run at the running back (laughs) position for Cincinnati. League league winner. (laughs) That's the big thing is the Bengals just went from maybe having two pieces that we could use to zero. Like they they turned eight targets to T. Higgins to five for 49. I would still, he's the only one. I know Green had the touchdown, but Giovanni Bernard, somebody who doesn't fumble for his career, doesn't fumble. And he fumbles and essentially gets benched for the rest of the game. Uh, Williams comes in, gets a fumble, but he still gets more run. And then P. Ryan ends up getting the most. The Bengals just made everybody irrelevant on this team outside of, maybe again, maybe T. Higgins. Right, for the record here, Brandon, Dallas is home against San Francisco in Week 15, home against Philly in Week 16. <laughs> I don't like but, either uh, of those. Yeah, just I Hey, mean, Higgins gets I, Pittsburgh. On Monday Night Football, yeah. Higgins might be, like I said, he might be the only one. But, again, I don't, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Why did you do that to Giovanni Bernard? 
It's, just a, <laughs> it's a gross situation. It's an absolutely gross situation. One that could drag into next year, depending on Joe Burrow's recovery timeline from the torn ACL and MCL. Uh, one more thing to get into here. Not going to talk quarterbacks to stream because we're in week 15. That's pretty much all settled. But defenses to stream in week 15, people still going to be doing that. So uh, we look at the list that we've got available, and there are other ones than the ones that I put in the sheet. Jake, who you got as a defense to stream for week 15? I would even risk Washington against Seattle, but of this yep. list here, I would take the opportunities. Again, the Cowboys were a very popular pick for a good reason. I think you can go back and say, you know, they can get after Nick Mullins after what we just saw the Washington team do as well. So that would be the – if I had to be forced to choose the two, I you know how much I love Washington, but I would take Dallas just because it's Seattle. I, I, I just don't want to risk against Seattle. Yeah, one I would say Washington too because I think they could get five or six sacks, and we've seen that with the one with that, Seattle. The one I mean, they mentioned a- that I will throw out there is it's only one game, and the risk is there. But that pressure—forget the fact that Daniel Jones looked hurt—the pressure that Arizona put that entire game against the Giants, they could get that against Philly's offensive line, and Hurts will run, unlike Daniel Jones. But if you're talking about pressure, potential turnovers, and sacks, I think Arizona could be intriguing. Yeah, it's really always what you're looking for, right? The team that can cook up the pressure, and we know that uh, that's going to be the surest way to find reliable defense production. So we're always looking for on the stream. We get a few options for it here this week, and we give you a few options to keep on listening to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast the rest of the week, Tuesday, tomorrow. You've got Nando DeFino and Chris Vaccaro. The three of us will be back with you on Wednesday to talk Week 15 rankings. Thank you, though, for tuning in with us here. Here for Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, I am Michael Beller. Show will be back with you tomorrow. We'll be back with you Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Enjoy the Monday night game. And if you need something in the Monday night game, good luck. We're pulling for you. We'll talk to you soon.